what pops up a beer or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start off with some talking And some moody clips of popcorn fighting Fantasy explorations and some groundness exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxing Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on Contest and of course you know it's all about games I said slow down let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG Variety Podcast With the other Jason Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host Jason. Just have a quick mailbag episode for you today. All my parts were recorded in the car. Some of them while I was driving down the road. So I apologize for the audio quality. Hopefully I'll be able to do a better job next time. Just really pressed for time right now. But without further ado, let's open up that mailbag. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Well, maybe it's your auntie or a joke by your spouse, but the operator's scream is coming from inside the house. Hey there, Jason. I'm just listening to your latest mailbag episode, and I thought I'd call in and cast my vote for shorter or longer episodes. Personally, I prefer the shorter, sort of more focused episodes, and that's simply because, and I don't mean that... <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't mean this in a in a sort of bad way, but if you're if you're like talking about a film or something that's non-game related that I'm not particularly interested in, if we've got shorter episodes and that episode focuses just on that, I can skip over that and carry on listening to the others. Whereas if it's a longer episode, you know, you have to sort of like listen through the whole thing to get to the bits that you're interested in. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it allows me to make more of an informed choice. But either way, I'm still going to carry on listening to the majority of your episodes. So do what you want to do. Anyway, I'll catch you in a bit. Take care. Yeah, that that whole thing about Lovecraft. I mean, I'm not going to deny he was like mega racist even for his time. But what can you say? someone who's like father by all accounts seemed to be like psychotic and was put in a mental asylum and died his mother who also had her own eccentricities and passed away the the strange sort of family environment he grew up in being very sheltered and eventually having a nervous breakdown himself at a very young age who'd have thought someone with a background like that wouldn't have grown up with an entirely balanced view of society i certainly wouldn't have done and that's not to try and excuse it but as you were saying like yourself jason i'm a little bit wary of judging people from the past by today's moral standards i like to think that had he been alive today as well as having had a a more balanced upbringing and possibly received some help for the mental ailments that he was clearly suffering from, that there might have been people who could have explained things to him in a way that he would have understood, and he might not have held those outdated views. But as we said earlier, it's impossible to say that because I can only talk about things from the sort of moral standpoint 
that I've been brought up with and I can't really put myself into the shoes of someone from a previous period of history. And again, this isn't to excuse any of that because racism is bad. We all know that. And if you don't know that, you've probably got something wrong with you as far as I'm concerned. But again, I'm not comfortable with judging people from the past by today's moral standard because I think in the modern day, it's not as though we've eradicated these things, is it? So I don't really think we can throw too many stones. I mean, we're striving to be better, or at least I hope we would. But, you know, I find it, rather than something to get angry about, I find it a sad thing that this person let themselves give into sort of like hatred and their upbringing in that manner. And I know it's easy for me to say that as a, as a sort of middle-class uh, white guy, but uh, there you go. And I suppose my final thought on this subject would be that if you if you find you can't separate the, the author from the work or the work makes you uncomfortable because of the connotations that go with it and you therefore can't read or enjoy the works, that's absolutely fine. I entirely understand that. Everyone's free to read or not read what they want. However, I do find it a little disingenuous where certain parties continue to profit of his work while simultaneously trying to distance themselves from the artist. And like I say, it might be a bit hypocritical of me because I'm talking about separating the artist from the work. But I just think, you know, if you're making profit off it, maybe you should sort of have a good think about um, how much you want to throw stones at the source of your profits. But that's just me. Hey there, Jason. It's John here again from the Red Dice Diaries. Just been listening to your mailbag episode. And yeah, I've got to admit, obviously, whilst I'm familiar with the, the Sean Connery, James Bond films and their classics, the, the first film I remember him from, well, I went to see when I was like in my sort of teens, probably, although I forget the exact date, was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where obviously he played like, Indiana Jones's father. And that was my sort of first sort of Re earliest recollection of him as like a distinct actor and it was that that led me to go on to looking for some of his other films and searching them out and sort of watching his back catalogue but um, I should always remember that scene with him flapping the, the umbrella about on the beach to scare the birds up into the air great film and like you say a, a great loss to the film industry anyway dude, enjoying the podcast take care and I'll catch you soon John Allen Large of the Red Dice Diaries RPG Podcast. Thank you so much for those calls, John. Yeah, I kind of tend towards the shorter, more focused episodes myself for mainly the reason you say that people can pick and choose what they listen to. I'm not overly concerned about having super high listener numbers for all my episodes, to be honest. I mean, I'd, yeah, I'd like people to listen and enjoy my episodes, but I definitely don't want to force people to listen to things they don't want to. Um, so we'll see how it goes. The, as far as judging people by their time, you know, definitely. Now, it's not always easy to put yourself in the mindset of a certain time, though. So, And as Joe mentions, and as you mentioned, you, you know, when you look at Lovecraft, he, you know, was extreme in some regards for his time. So if you're judging him by his time, you have to take that into account, right? So, we, you know, it's like Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin was very, um, ex, what's the word I want? Very um, odd for his time too. 
tricks. I can't say the word, but you know, he had he was he was he had a lot of weird habits, even in his own time. So Ben Franklin was looked odd at his time, where today, maybe not as odd. But if we look at all Ben Franklin's habits, some of them would still be odd today. But he would be much more odd, at, you know, when you look at him through the view and lens of his time period. Fire Sean Connery, yep, great loss. That, you know, that scene in um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is a great example of doing some kind of stunt or using a non-combat skill to do a combat thing in an RPG. Because by, you know, shooing those birds up and taking down that fighter plane, you, you know, how many games would allow, allow you a way to show that? But that's a great thing. You know, you think about an RPG, that's where you're spending a fate point or you're doing, you know, something special and the GM's like, yeah, go for it. And um, if you make the roll, it'll work. So I, I think that's an interesting thing. And it's interesting to think, does your RPG of choice allow for that to happen? Can you do that in 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons? I know you can do it in Barbarians Lemoria. Hint, hint. Okay, let's go on to our next caller. Hey, yo, it's Joe Richter calling in to respond to what Carl was talking about. My feeling towards H.P. Lovecraft, the man, have no bearing on my feelings towards Call of Cthulhu, the game. So yeah, don't, <laughs> don't get it twisted. I think... H.P. Lovecraft was a garbage person in or out of his time, but he was a good writer who was just insanely prolific. If you count in all that dude's letter writing, it was insane. Uh, And Call of Cthulhu, the game, has brought in so many other mythos authors that at this point it's pretty far removed from Lovecraft the man. But I do think it's cool that you guys got to play the bad guys in that mini campaign that Carl ran. Because, uh, yeah, the Romans, totally the bad guys. Anyway, dude, peace out. Yo, what up, dude? That was an awesome interview with Eli about Hackmaster. Uh, I've heard you talk about it some, but I've never, you know, I never looked into it or anything. And it was rad learning all about it. Uh, <laughs> learning the history, dude. I love that it was originally produced as a burn on second edition uh (laughs) anything that starts off as a joke and becomes you know something cool i'm usually pretty pretty into so good shit man uh awesome stuff i'm gonna check it out anyway have a good one i'll talk to you later peace out hey dude that's awesome it sounds like you've been getting in some really fun gaming star trek captain sounds pretty rad even though i've never really been a star trek fan but it sounds like a fun game and yeah, I am curious what your what Wyatt, which is a sweet name by the way, I didn't know your son's name was Wyatt. Um, what actions or whatever he was taking to buff you? Was he playing like a ranger that had some spells or something? Because I, yeah, I just don't know what in Five E there. I mean, from what I know of Five E, there isn't much you can do uh, outside of magic to buff some a character so yeah like maybe go into a little bit more on that on what you didn't what you weren't getting and what he was doing because i'd be really really curious anyway man great stuff peace out as he mentioned that was joe richter of the hindsightless and currently on hiatus wheel or woe actual play podcast um yeah so comments on what he said as far as to do 
Well, let's just talk about the adventures in Middle Earth thing. So, so Wyatt's character was a second level warrior that had an ability called Action, action Surge that lets you take a second main action on a turn. And in Adventures of Middle-Earth, you can also spend Inspiration to give that second action to another PC, which is what he did. So, Adventures of Middle-Earth let him give my character the action surge. So that's how he did that. Uh, as far as your other comments, I, yeah, man. Uh, Adventures of Middle-Earth is really cool. Arlen Walker, I'm going to actually pass the torch to him here in a second. And he's got a number of calls where he talks about the death save mechanic and why it's cool in Adventures in Middle-Earth, why it maybe works better than it does in 5e, but or standard 5e. But he also goes in-depth in Adventures in Middle-Earth in his episode 2.68. So I, I recommend you check that out. And I think that's called um, call-ins and... Uh, I don't know. I had it. Hold on. Yeah, episode 268 is call-ins... An AIME design. So I'd recommend you check out that. And Arlen's, ep- Arlen's podcast, of course, is live from Pelham's Wasteland. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Arlen. Hey, Jason. It's Arlen. Um, I'm going to talk more. Your your discussion of Adventures in Middle-Earth has got me thinking about it. And I'm going to do kind of a ramble episode on my podcast. It's going to go out tomorrow. So I'm going to talk a bit about it. But I wanted to say... Um, Speaking of death saves, one of the things that, uh, in my opinion, because there is much less kind of magical or semi-magical healing in Adventures in Middle-Earth, death saves is a much more dangerous place to be than in traditional 5e um, because you – basically just because of the fact that there's very little – you know, normally in regular 5e, there's like at range healing spells and things like that that'll get you back up and fighting. Um, or even if not at range, a lot of characters have some type of healing spell or like a cantrip that restores at least like 1d4 hit points. A cantrip to restore 1d4 hit points or something. So, in my opinion, Adventures in Middle Earth actually is a much better implementation of the way that the death saves work because it puts a real emphasis on finishing the fight or at least creating enough space in the fight that you can get your healer and you probably only have one character because there's only one character class out of six that has any type of magical healing um basically get enough space for your healer to get to whoever went down so that they can get them back up um that's uh not um and you don't have there's a lot of other kind of resources that you don't actually have in um, Adventures in Middle-Earth compared to regular 5e, especially with magic and stuff, which I think means to me that death saves and Adventures in Middle-Earth are, are a much better implemented form of the death save concept than in regular 5e because it really is, basically it really is a, a very dangerous position to be in every time a character goes down Um especially if the fight is pretty big and ongoing and it's one of the frontline fighters. And, you know, if the orcs cut down a frontline fighter and then step over the body, what are you going to do? What do we, how do we get the healer to um, the frontline fighter to get them back up and fighting? Um, I think in a, a serious long-term adventures of middle earth campaign, you're likely to lose a lot more characters than in a um, traditional five E campaign um, just because of the, 
the way that the the mechanics work out and the the lack of magical healing is such a big factor. Um, also, I wanted to say part of the reason you went down and were dying and rolling death saves is because I added way too much to Grey Muzzle Hobbs' forces in that encounter. Um, and I'm going to talk about that too in, in my episode. But basically, I, you know, Grey Muzzle Hob alone would have probably been a fairly even fight for just your character. But then I added two wolves, and wolves are, um, in or wolves in in Adventures in Middle Earth are are no pushover. They're um, I don't remember how many hit dice, but they're like twenty six hit point monsters. Um, so really, uh, pretty deadly. And they give each other advantage when they attack if they're both attacking the same target. So really nasty stuff. Um, anyway, I did not mean to make it quite so nasty on uh, uh, Loden and Widuvin. But um, anyway, that was part of why you actually had to roll death saves is that I um, overestimated the capabilities of the player characters to deal with some some monsters. Although I hope it felt suitably epic. Star Trek Fleet Captains by WizKids. Awesome, awesome game. I love, I love that game. It's good news that you played it with your son there, Jason. I... Oh, I don't, I don't know where to start. It's such a clever game, and and the first time I played it, it, it really made an impression on me. All the that there's, you've got that deck building aspect. You've got the exploration, as you explained, with uncovering the hexes. I think each of the the different fleets really conveys their own individual character. There's quite a lot of expansions. I mean, it's not a cheap thing to get into, but definitely back up that recommendation. I, especially that, the card play and the deck building. It just uh, there's so there's so many things to like about that game, and uh, I'm really glad you included it in your recent episode. Really enjoyed the Invictus episode you recorded with Carl, Jason. Um, I thought you guys made some great points and for me I could have done with some further discussion about some of that stuff and maybe some spin-off content at a future date perhaps it would be helpful I suppose if I could remember what the particular points were but you know what I think I'm going to have to actually have a listen back and we all know how difficult that is with uh, so many podcasts to listen to but I think it'll be worth it. Of course, that was Colin Green of the Spike Pit RPG Podcast. Thank you for the kind words, Colin. Yep, Star Trek Fleet Captains is a really fun board game. Highly recommended. And, yeah, I, if Carl wants to talk more, maybe, you know, you come on the show or, if, you, you know, if you maybe get him on your show and get some more details out of him. But I really enjoyed the Invictus game, I have to admit. You know, Carl's a great GM, and I look forward to the next game we we get to play together. So, thank you so much. And I think with that, we're going to wrap up the episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, you want to weigh in on anything, or open up a new topic of discussion, you can leave me a message on the Anchor app. You can leave a message on, on your regular computer through Anchor. 
You can email me at nerdsrpgvarietycast at gmail.com. I can read the email. If you attach an audio file to the email, I can play that audio file. You can look for me on Discord. All kinds of ways to get a hold of me. So I want to thank Ray Otis for the art for this podcast and TJ Drennan for the music. And with that, I'm going to thank you, the listener, for listening, the callers for calling, and we're going to call today. Take care, folks. Joking by your spouse, but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head, and the only question left is if I fail to shoot him dead. Bring on the gold, bring on the gold. I want some more, bring on the there is a dustman in your moilers by the tipper And I'm assuming that your partner back there in the wood chipper Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Well the zombies are rising and the world is gone to hell We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck